Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Okay, hello artists! Welcome back to another Art Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host Kelly Folsom and I'm so happy and grateful that you are here and I'm super excited to dive into another juicy conversation with you. And that being said, you're always welcome to email me at info at artlifewithkelly, K-E-L-L-I dot com. And let me know, become a part of um, these conversations. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. Um, Let me know any um, further discussions you would like to have on this podcast. And you can also just leave me a comment uh, wherever this podcast is posted below and let me know there as well. Okay, so today's topic is really another really good one. And it is on um, stop marketing. Artists, stop marketing to these three people. Stop it. Just stop. Okay, so we're going to talk about these three people. Who are these three people? And why should you stop marketing to them? Okay, so stop marketing to these three people. The first person is artist. Stop marketing to other artists. Stop it. (laughs) And this is really the most common thing that I see, and it is, and I've done it as well. Um, It's artists just like looking at other artists all the time. Please stop just looking at other artists and what they're doing all the time. Stop talking to other artists all the time. Stop selling to other artists all the time. Stop marketing to other artists all the time. The artists are most likely, majority of the time, they are not your customer, okay? They are not the ones who are going to be buying your art, okay? The only reason why you should be talking or marketing or selling to other artists is if you are serving artists like myself, right? Okay, so if you are teaching, right? If you are coaching other artists, if you are somehow serving and helping other artists, that is the only time you should be marketing. And when I say marketing, I really mean um, speaking to. So when you write your emails, when you write your social media posts, Um, about your artwork, you should not be talking to other artists, okay? So, and you have to really stop, I think, looking at so many other artists and talking in artist talk and artist code, you know, whenever you're talking online, okay? This is one of the biggest things that I see um, that really limits artists in terms of their financial um, success, you know, uh, their ability to sell paintings is because they are just not talking to the right people. They're not marketing to their collectors or potential buyers, you know, who their ideal client would actually be. Um, And they just look, get on social media and like look at other artists stuff all the time. They read what other artists are doing. They just follow trend and follow suit to what other artists are doing and saying. And everyone's just kind of 
copycatting each other and it becomes very sort of like this little um, art bubble um, that everybody fits into the club but you know hardly anybody's actually making any money or selling any of their paintings they're just fitting into the club right so most of the time your art collector or customer is not going to be another artist if you're an artist Okay, so it's one thing to gain inspiration or get support from other artists, but you do not want to um, be writing your social media posts or writing your emails or writing your bios, let's say, from the point of view like you're talking to another artist. Okay, so you really have to try to get into the head of who, who would buy your paintings. Who is your potential collector? And if you already have collectors, then you really just want to be talking to them, um, you know, getting finding out more about them. Why did they buy your painting? You know, what is it that makes them desire a work of your art, uh, a work of art from you? Um, so that's really our work um, in selling our art, whether it's in person or online. Um, I've also been to, gosh, I don't know how many in-person shows at galleries and art events, and the only people who come are artists. <laughs> so it's like, it's like there's rarely ever any collectors there, you know? Um, so that's another thing is like, you can't just invite other artists, right? To your, if you're hosting your own event or your own studio tour, or studio show, you know, you have to try to figure out how can you get, you know, the right people in the door who might be interested in buying from you and not just have it be like like an art artist convention, right? Or artists just getting together and, you know, networking together. Um, there's a time and a place for that, especially if that's of, of interest or value to you in your art career in terms of networking with other artists. Um, but when it comes to selling your art, that is not the right time and place for it. Okay. Um, so I think, what is the phrase? Is it like navel gazing or, a <laughs> uh, navel gazing? I don't know if that's the right term, but basically it's like this little bubble that happens when all the artists are just talking to all the other artists and just influenced by all the other artists. And it's just no good for any of the artists involved. It doesn't really go anywhere. Okay, so you got to get out there. You got to talk to people who have bought your paintings. You've got to get to know them more. Okay, um, so, and some some of this takes some imagination, you know, and and kind of really trying whenever we're writing our social media posts or writing our emails, really trying to get into the mind of um, those ideal collectors, you know, the people who have bought our work. Um, and of course, capturing whenever people do buy our work, capturing uh, the moment, you know, at the right time. So capturing their thoughts in the moment. So so often we're just scared to ask questions um, of our collectors, and especially whenever they are buying a painting um, or just received a painting, it's really important that you try to. Um, ask questions and talk to them. I have one collector who um, she always calls me on the phone whenever she wants to buy a painting. And I love talking with her. I love having conversations with her because she is just always giving me information about 
um, you know, why she loves my paintings and why her home is filled with my paintings and what my paintings really bring to her life and, and why, you know, why she takes the, the time and effort and money to, um, you know, purchase my paintings, you know, uh, and why she values them. And that kind of information and feedback is so critical to us as the artist in terms of our marketing. So marketing is not selling, just so you know. <laughs> um, marketing is basically, you know, we're uh, in a sense kind of building no like, and trust among our audience and really attracting and kind of prospecting, you know, those potential customers in. Okay. But you want to be attracting and prospecting the right kind of customers, the customers who are going to buy. And that's why it's so important that you're not just, as an artist, that you're not just speaking to other artists, okay? Um, okay. Uh, and that can, if you want to get real into minutia about it, it can even go down into, you know, the kind of hashtags that you're using, of course, on your Instagram posts, for example, um, you know, are you using uh, words and vocabulary and hashtags that your ideal collector would be searching for and looking for? Um, and not just copying, oh, well, someone, this artist over here used this hashtag, so I'll use that too. You know, you don't want to be making your um, marketing decisions based uh, off of that kind of comparison. So you really always want to be thinking about who is your ideal customer, what do they love, what are they searching for on the internet, um, you know, and make sure that your wording is, you know, uh, positioned that way. Okay. The other person that you want to stop marketing to is people who can't afford, aka they don't value what you have to offer. So here's the thing, almost everybody on this planet, now I know not everybody can't have, some people on this planet unfortunately truly can't afford uh, luxuries in life, okay? Um, we're not all there yet on the same level, sadly, um, internationally throughout the entire world. And hopefully one day we will be all there collectively. Um, but, you know, for example, you know, here in the United States, most people who say, oh, I can't afford that, they really can afford that. Uh, it's just that they don't value it, which means that they are not your customer. Okay. Um, so this is, if you are an artist and you're running an art business, you are not running a charity. <laughs> and I have learned the hard way. Again, everything I'm talking to you guys about are mistakes that I have made, things that I have learned the hard way. So I share all of this with empathy, um, having been in the same position and having kind of this, a similar insane, you know, kind of faulty mentality about things. So if you are an artist in business, you are not a charity case. And I have news for you, no matter how much you do for, for them for free, <laughs> no matter how much you give them for free or for a much lowered price, they still will not value what you have to offer. You cannot give them enough stuff for free in order to convince them to buy. You cannot give them enough stuff for free in order to convince them to buy. 
So please, please, please stop giving so much shit away for free. <laughs> okay? Or continue, somebody says, oh, I can't afford it. And then you go, oh, well, I can give you this discount. I can give you this discount. And then I can do this for you. Um, and you keep lowering the price until they say, okay, I can afford it now. That is not your customer. You know, it's different if you... And the reason why they're not your customer is because they don't value what you have to offer enough to pay for it. Okay, and Lord knows if they ever will, maybe, but that's not your business. You know, if one day they decide, they come to a place where they do value what you have to offer, now they're your customer and now they can be your customer. But people who value what you have to offer are willing to pay for it. And they're willing to pay what you are asking, okay? So, um, and I've I've gotten this a lot, you know, both with students and with collectors. You know, oh, I can't afford that. Um, you know, I'm on a fixed income. All this kind of stuff. Here's the deal: when we really value something, when when somebody's offering something that really fulfills a need for us. Um, it either makes our life, it really, in, in essence, it makes our life so much better, we are willing to pay for it, okay? And we will find a way to pay for it, especially if we feel like this is really going to alter our life. This is really going to improve the quality of my life. The more I feel that way, the more I feel like that person is really going to improve the quality of my life, of my well-being, they're going to help me, perhaps they're going to help me make more money, perhaps they're going to help me save money, perhaps they are going to help me overcome things that are um, such a struggle for me. You know, I am willing to pay that person more money versus somebody else who just has, they have something to offer, but it really doesn't speak to me. I really don't feel like it's really going to help me that much. You know, that person I'm probably not going to be as willing to, uh, to pay. So I used to kind of uh, come at it from this place of trying to be super generous, you know, like trying to be like, oh yeah, like I, somebody would say I can't afford that and I would feel like, oh, you know, so much compassion and so much empathy um, for them. Again, mostly because of the way I was raised and I was raised, you know, very, very poor, um, especially the first, I would say 10 years, well, first 13, 14 years of my life. And then, you know, my parents finally started doing a little better financially but, um, I, and so I think a lot of it comes from that, it comes from, you know, having nothing and, and really understanding the pain of that, understanding the pain of not having anything, um, or how, you know, basically having very little, um, you know, my parents would, you know, be on such a strict budget, you know, that, that maybe they didn't have 10 extra dollars that much, that month to spend. So I might, as a kid, be watching other kids being able to buy sodas at school. Um, you know, just having like extra money, kids having extra money to be able to buy things at the store, you know, and we just did not have that for such a long period of time. Um, so I think for me, just sharing my own personal story, like um, that was a, a big part of it for me is that I understood that, hey, some people really don't have a lot, 
Some people really don't have a lot of money. Um, but I was really making that decision from a very childlike point of view because when you're a child, you don't have a lot of um, ability to create. You don't have a lot of ability to create money and to provide for yourself, right? Um, now, you might have some, like, you know, me and my siblings, we used to go digging through dumpsters looking for cans so that we could, you know, make an extra dollar to have on our own, you know, um, things like that. So you, you maybe have some ability to make a little extra money as a kid, but it's very, very limited as to what you can do. So I made the mistake early on of, of really believing people whenever they told me this. <laughs> and I don't think that there's, and some people really do have limited income or, or you know, um, do have a smaller amount of means. But the thing is, if somebody really values what you have to offer, they're going to find a way to pay for it. And most of us are not charging like exorbitant amount, you know, for our services. For example, like my Art Life School membership is $97 a month. You know, most people are spending $100 a month on all kinds of other things, even if they are in a limited income. My grandma is on a fixed income and she still has $100 a month to spend, if not more, on things. So, Anyways, obviously we can get into the minutia of that, but the point being is what I have learned is you cannot be generous enough and you cannot give enough stuff away for free to magically turn that person into a paying customer that's going to value what you do. So as a solopreneur artist, as an artist in business, you have to take care of yourself. You have to think like a professional artist. You have to think like a business person, right? And you're going to be so much better off going for the people who value what you do right now. Instead of trying to like, give the other people who say they can't afford it, which AKA is code for they don't value it enough to pay for it, right? Like you're going to be so much better off, you know, not putting all of your time and attention there and, and allocating your resources there. So you want to be marketing to people who can afford your artwork and, and value it enough to pay for it, right? Okay. So, um, you're basically just wasting your time there. And I will say to all of you, encourage all of you to avoid the trap of free. <laughs> avoid the trap of free stuff. Um, because let me tell you what, free customers, people who um, get on your email list because you you know offered a, a big thing for free um, or you gave them a bunch of free stuff, guess what? It's still going to cost you the same amount of time and money to maintain that free customer as it is to maintain a paying customer. So you're basically, not only are you, you giving them something for free, but you're basically paying them right? Because you still have to deal with their customer service emails that they send in, their questions that they send in, um, you know, their, you know, stuff like that. You still have to deal with the administration. You're also paying for them to be on your email list, right? If they're on your email list. Um, so you're kind of, in a sense, in the negative 
with that kind of customer. You're in the negative financially if you have a lot of those kinds of customers. And this is a mistake that you know I definitely made early on because I was really trying to come at it from like this altruistic place of being super generous and over giving. I was always over, over, over giving, you know, and that's, again, it's not an energetic match. It's not in balance. Um, so what we have to offer as artists has value. You know, we've worked very hard on our abilities. We've worked very hard on our skills, on our craft, you know, and so there needs to be a win-win and energetic match of exchange of value there. Instead of just, oh, because I undervalue myself, I'm just going to, you know, give all this away for free, you know, and hopefully I'll build up enough, I'll hopefully build up enough bonus points in the bank by being so generous and kind and altruistic that, that like good karma will come back to me, you know, it really just doesn't work that way from what I've learned. Um, so I have stopped giving away so much stuff for free. So the free things that I give away now are like things like this podcast, um, you know, and let's say I have a few videos on YouTube. I do give away one sample chapter in my um, book, 30 Ways to Master Still Life Painting, um, to folks who sign up on my email list. And this is it. That is all I give away for free anymore, you know? And so that should be enough of in terms of marketing, plus, you know, of course, our Instagram, social media, all that stuff is free content, you know, free inspiration, basically. And these are basically just um, avenues of marketing to allow people to test us out enough as artists, you know, get to know us enough. Um, and maybe we can give away something small for free, but please stop giving away so much for free and so much high value, um, really high value items that people should be paying for for free. So make sure that you are getting paid. Make sure that you are making decisions as a professional businesswoman artist. Get paid for what you are doing because you have earned that, right? Like you have invested so much time and money and energy in yourself. You know, it's time for you to basically be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> but, well, just be paid for that. Get paid, people. Get paid. Okay. Um, okay. So the last person that you want to stop marketing to is like basically uh, no one. No one, everyone, anyone, you know, um, not knowing at all who you should be marketing to, right? Or who might be interested in your work. Um, I see artists do this all the time where they just haphazardly post a painting on Instagram. They don't talk about it. They don't talk to anyone in particular. They just put like, here's a couple of hashtags and it is lazy. It is such lazy ass mentality, you know? And it's not even trying, so why even bother? You know, you're not even trying to accomplish anything, so why even bother posting? You know, like you're just not putting in any effort whatsoever whenever you do that. You're not talking to anyone, so why even bother? It doesn't make any sense to me. You're just wasting your time, which means you're wasting your valuable resource of time and money. Time is money. So whenever you make posts on Instagram, um, Facebook, things like that, and you don't even bother to try to communicate 
uh, who you are, what your painting is, who your painting is for, um, why your painting might matter to some, to that person. You know, you're really, it's just a throwaway. You're really just throwing your time and your money away whenever you do things like that. So I understand that it takes effort um, and it's challenging to try to figure out like who who am I talking to? Who is my ideal customer? Who would be interested in my paintings? You know, I get it. And um, sometimes it feels easier in that moment to go, well, I'm totally confused. I can't figure it out. So I'm just going to throw this picture up there because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be marketing. That's not marketing though. So I have a word of advice for you. If you are confused and you don't know what to say, ask questions on your post. Just open it up. Like you have, you probably have a certain number of followers that are following you already. Now, not all those people are going to be your ideal customers. So you have to recognize that, but you would be so much better off even just posting a simple question like, what do you guys think about this painting? Or, you know, if it's a painting of roses, you could ask, you know, do you love paintings of roses? Or do you have a favorite kind of rose or a favorite color of rose? You'd be so much better off just even putting a simple question in there like that because it's doing market research. You are trying to get into the mind of uh, perhaps your ideal customers and try to understand them better. Um, and it's not, you don't have to write a novel to do that and you don't have to be a master marketer to do that. But the main thing I've learned about marketing is that it's really about relationship building and it's really about asking good questions and trying to understand who your customer is, who your audience is, why they're following you, why they're attracted to you know your paintings, what they think about your paintings. Um, so even if you yourself feel like you don't know what to say what, on a social media post, just get curious, you know, bring curiosity to it and open up a dialogue, open up conversation. I mean, it's part of the reason why I call this podcast Art Life Conversations, right? Um, so, so much of digital marketing like this podcast or social media can feel very one-sided and sometimes we feel like we're just talking to ourselves or not talking to anybody in particular, but that's not true. You are talking to somebody. And so, you know, you need to recognize that and realize that you are talking to real people. Real people are seeing your painting. Real people are paying attention. You know, they're noticing how you post your work. They're noticing what you put in the caption. Like if they love your painting enough to stop and see what you wrote in the caption and all they don't see anything or they just see hashtag oil painting, you know, who's going to care about that? That You've just lost them. You've just lost um, a magical moment between you and um, this potential ideal customer looking at your painting, okay? So you want to be marketing to someone in particular, and if you don't know who that someone is, start asking questions. Um, get in touch with past collectors that you've sold to. Just start asking, asking open-ended questions on social media related to your artwork so that you can get feedback and insight um, from your customers. Okay, so that being said, <laughs> my question to you is, what else would you like 
to talk about on this Art Life Conversations podcast. Please, please, please tell me. And also let me know what you thought about this topic today um, on who to market to and in particular the people you should not be marketing to. So let me know in the comments below or you can also send me an email at info at artlifewithkelly with an I dot com and I'll talk to you at the next Art Life Conversations podcast. Happy painting, happy creating artist. See you soon. Bye-bye.